Hey guys, we're still working on episode three of our arousal series. So I thought I would share one of my favorite episodes, a look back at what I learned about the psychology of influence when I met Oprah. Enjoy. Oprah will be in the room in less than 10 minutes, her team shouted. All seven of us were excited to meet her for the first time, but one of the ladies was a major fan. Let's call her Superfan. After Oprah's team made the announcement, the Superfan began shaking visibly. We all chatted amongst ourselves, asking, what will you say? How will you greet her? None of us had any real answers, but what we knew for sure was we had to get the critical photo with Oprah. This was before Instagram, in the early stages of Facebook before 2010. Being seen next to Oprah Winfrey meant something even if she didn't know who we were. As we chatted and prepped ourselves for the big arrival, the organizers shouted again, Two minutes! Two minutes! The superfan began shaking uncontrollably now. All seven of us are now on edge, nerves rattling. While we were all fairly significant in our own right, we were up-and-coming professionals. Some of us were connected to the Mandelas, which is really how we got there. It seemed overwhelming. We were meeting her in a conference room just outside the main arena where she would be speaking in a few moments. The space was no bigger than two large bedrooms. No sooner that I could make sure my jacket was on properly, the door burst open and it was Oprah, Arms flung high, screaming, Hello, everyone! Welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show. I am your host, Timothy Maurice, and this is the show where we interrogate the relationship between brain and brand power, the neuroscience of stories and brands. Today, I explore two lessons about influence that I learned when I met Oprah. I hope you can incorporate these two lessons into your personal brand strategy. Back to our superfan. The superfan ran up to her, touched her on the shoulder, and fainted. Bam! Straight to the floor. <laughs> Oprah appeared quite used to this. She smiled. Her team pulled her off the floor. We laughed. And after she greeted all of us, her team began lining each of us up, one by one, to take a photo. The superfan went first, still shaking, but in Oprah's arms now, so she relaxed a bit. During the photo moment, each of us had a brief second to speak to her. I decided I would go last. This would give me the time to gather my thoughts and also see how she engaged everyone else. As each person went up, they all followed the same predictable script. Oprah, I'm your biggest fan. I love you so much. Blah, blah, blah. They then took a pic and walked away, never to be remembered by Oprah. When it came time for me to go, I went bursting with confidence. Hi, Oprah. You don't know this, but one day you will write a forward in my next book. There was a slight pause. My friends, I could see them in the corner of my eye, shook their heads like, oh, there he goes again with his book stuff. But Oprah laughed and said, you don't know it, but I don't write forwards in other people's books. My eyes became big. My heart dropped. I could see my friends laughing. And then Oprah began to explain herself. She says, 
You see, I have a policy of not writing forwards because if people don't like me, they won't buy your book. If people are fans, they may purchase your book without considering your value. So either way, I will skew your work in a way that will redirect your value. She even went on to say, my best friend, my Angelo, who was alive at the time, has even asked me to write a forward and I said no to her. So don't feel bad. After she said this, my friend stopped laughing and my heart returned to normal. We took our photo and she hugged me and, as per usual, she walked away. But after a few steps, she turned and returned to me and asked, What's your name again? I told her and then she began to ask about my book. And then she started offering me advice after I told her it was called personification. Offering contacts and giving me strategy and a very insightful approach to distribution. I was blown away. She has given me more than I even dreamed of, more value than a photo. This book was about reinventing your brand, about evolving past what you are known for when you've outgrown that. Perhaps she identified with it because she was about to reinvent herself, about to leave her daytime talk show. My timing was good. There are two major lessons about influence I took away. Number one, you have influence no matter who you are. When my friends greeted her, they threw their influence out the window and only celebrated hers. While it's understandable that when you meet someone that famous, you would celebrate them, Oprah gets this kind of stuff all the time. You got to remember, she's a real person. She wants to meet interesting people as well. So when you meet people like her, who you think are bigger than you, use my strategy. Surprise them by celebrating them. But also demonstrating that you have influence as well. Perhaps they could see you exchanging influence with them. Oprah appreciated me, me being bold enough to start. To, she, in fact, she even started teasing me. It was a crazy, bizarre moment. She asked me about my necklace, and I was wearing a necklace that came from Swaziland, one that you can't buy because I was in a traditional ceremony. So when she asked where I got it, it gave me such a great pleasure to say, sorry, Oprah, you can't buy it, not even with your money. It has to be earned in a ceremony. Anyway, number two, the second lesson is this. Know how your influence or others' influence impacts your market strategy. It was incredible how aware she was of how channeling her influence and how her influence would alter my work. If your influence is growing, and you partner with someone who has more influence, it could add value in the short term, but reduce you in the long term by stripping you because people see you as famous because of that partnership and vice versa. What's important is that when you begin collaborating, make sure you understand who has the influence and map out how it could play in various scenarios. This has been vastly important in my career, whether I've partnered with Cliff Central Whoever I've partnered with, Gareth Value, if I've partnered with Metro, Metro's value in the masses, if I've partnered with Destiny Magazine, understanding Destiny's value and understanding how we could play a part in each other's growth. Map it out very strategically. And most importantly, do not underestimate the influence of your work. I don't know if this work touched Oprah or not or the idea of personification, but what I know is she is reinventing herself. And she left her daytime talk show and she's become another evolved human being making a difference in other ways. 
I'd like to think I had some something to do with that. Probably didn't, but anyway, I'd like to think so. Whenever you meet influential or famous people, be prepared to exchange value. Know that everyone you meet loves a good story, and if you take the time to think about your story, I guarantee you, your story is worth hearing. Thanks for listening to The Brain and Brand Show. Thanks for subscribing. Please comment and rate the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Remember to share with friends. We'll be back next week.